Welcome to Meet the Industry. Please have a seat. The show is about to begin. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll! So, welcome to Meet the Industry. Thank how, you. How are you doing? Good. Busy day. Never a dull day in our lives. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's keeping you busy at the moment? Uh, are you trying to organize shows or what? Well, I mean, in all honesty, shows is like the dream. And uh, when things get better, we'll all hopefully get back to shows. But mm-hmm. generally, like we virtual, like at the moment, jo kar sakte hai wo. Is, is that what you're doing? Yeah, about? sort of that, and also doing a few brand deals and trying to figure out um, some some song anthems, trying to figure out some um, branded collaborations, um, sort of working a lot with artists on their new releases um, because that's something that is totally doable and possible in this environment. And these times that we live in, and yeah, that that's pretty much most of what we're up to. So, um, uh, at Big Bad Wolf, you're managing only musicians, or you're also managing non-musicians? Uh, so the company represents people across music, comedy. Uh, there's an illusionist, and there's a pretty sizable now cinema division as well. Um, I've pretty much worked in music most of my life, um, most of my professional life for the last decade. Um, so, I mean, we always do a few odd things here and there, but most of what I've done and 99% of what I've done has been focused around music. And that's why I specialize on that side of the business. Right. So mm-hmm. how many artists are you managing currently and who are they? I personally look after Pratik Kohar and an upcoming singer-songwriter called Kamakshi Khanna. Right. Um, and uh, the roster but- otherwise, and uh, Kirsch, Kirsch as well, yeah. Okay. And uh, like when I mean, Kirsh and, Kirsh and us have worked together for the last decade or so. Um, he's sort of figuring out what he wants to do next, and we're also taking a little bit of a breather from that. Um, so whenever that time is right, we'll definitely be in the same room together. But for now, I think it's my time is mostly split between Pratik and Kamakshi. Right. But so, the but the company rep- in music we represent people like uh, Indian Ocean. Um, there's obviously. Um, there's Veer Das, there's Alien Chutney, um, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's Aloka Nanda Das Gupta, who's a music producer and a background score producer. She's done music for Sacred Games and Breathe and all of those shows. So, right. um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, bunch so of different things. What, what, what's the start of your journey? Like, uh, before Big Bad Wolf? What, when did the artist manager in you, uh, you know, take birth and how? Well, I actually started out um, being a musician myself, like mm-hmm. from school. Um, right. So I done a mix of both Hindustani classical as well as, um, you know, some, uh, some, but I was always exposed to international music. Right. Um, so, I mean, from childhood, because... My parents listened to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the bands that, I mean, the kind of pop 
that all of us listen to bon jovi john john denver um brian adams in india was yeah. like yeah. as pop as pop can be right. in the traditional sense even though he's not he's considered rock in the world he's actually pop, pop rock. in india yeah um and uh, so i mean i sort of like i think it was class 11th when we sort of like formed a band in school which was something mm-hmm. that never happened before um and we were like all, we were called killer weed um <laughs> yeah okay i mean i had no idea what that meant to be very honest and plain and straight i was a straightforward guy but uh-huh. um interestingly another guy from the scene anupam roy was um, the guy behind um, the sound of a lot of like bands for the longest time um and he was like the go to guy for every production that any band used to do um yeah. in fact super fast joint family um all the way from there all the way till now like we just did a project day before yesterday with, together so um so we were in a band together mm-hmm. um so we went school together so we were, that was that was that time frame like class 11th and 12th um and then the band sort of split up everyone started going their own way once we went to college um there was a year where i was trying to meet new people and meet new mm-hmm. people in music um while i was doing my bachelor's in business in delhi um and so then i met a couple of you're from delhi you originally i'm from delhi always yes. been from delhi um okay. i've lived in delhi since the age of 6 um and uh, went to college in delhi as well um but i've done a lot of like tried a lot of things and failed and then tried a lot of things and yeah, same here but i think that but i think that's what life is about you know all of those add yeah. up as experiences um yeah i went to do hotel management and couldn't uh-huh. hack it so uh-huh. quit in 3 months um uh-huh. came back then went found a college because i didn't want to lose a year and um, went to this college in delhi which doesn't exist anymore um and uh, graduated um, and uh, through that time period i met a lot of people and met a lot of musicians and formed a band and we played a bunch of shows in delhi um it started with this band called the new beginning and then mm-hmm. it there was mostly covers but then somewhere around like the last the first then around 2008 i got my first job so i started working with city bank mm-hmm. um and while i was working in banking i actually like um uh, was in a band the whole time so it was like uh-huh. you go to work because you have to go to work right. and then you know it starts at 7 pm and you're work. with your band yeah. um and you're going to have fun and you're going to play and you're going to play music we played music because we loved playing music it was not about money it was not about a profession it was not about any of that uh i mean which is something that i actually tell a lot of people who are starting out in music today that Yeah. If you start out with this objective that hey I want to make money of this to get covid it's going to be uphill because yeah. it takes time you know everything takes yeah. time um but we did that and um it sort of like I think being in that band for that year and a half like the last one and a half years that I was in while I was at Sri Bank actually opened a lot of doors because I started meeting a lot more people in the scene started connecting we used to have RSJ and pub rock fest and Uh, RSJ live nights and venues like TC and Nez and um <coughs> Cafe Morrison and all of them were always places that we would get a chance to play at it was we would pay pay 2000 to 3000 rupees to play those gigs as a band um would pay to play them we got paid 3000 rupees paid. oh okay yeah which was which is what we used to get paid 3 months to 6 months after the gig so <laughs> money was definitely not the reason why any of us did it yeah for sure um for sh- and um 
it was somewhere around 2015 where i was like i mean sorry 2000 uh, 2009 8 9 where i was like i can't do this anymore i need to like think about my career um Achha. that's when i actually you, you can't do this as in because it was taking up a lot of your professional time no it or? it was just because i was looking for an opportunity and that opportunity wasn't in delhi so ah. i had to leave the city so when i left the city the next best option was to find a job elsewhere so when i left um it was the hardest thing for me was to let go of the music because that was like mm-hmm. my like i felt really happy doing that mm-hmm. um and then i moved to hyderabad uh within the first week knew i need to leave um mm-hmm. but then quit for a year and a half for whatever reasons um in that one and a half years i must have harassed every single person uh in the business that exists today uh including mm-hmm. my boss dhruv jagasya mm-hmm. um I've sent like God knows how many emails, follow-ups, calls, messages. We didn't have WhatsApp and all back then. It was SMSs and things, yeah. and people wanted to plan. Or BBM at least. Or BBM. No, no, there was no BBM also. Uh, BBM mm-hmm. also happened to everyone two years hence from there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of moved like through uh, through just connecting with people. I met a few people. I met the guys mm-hmm. at OML. um yeah. they were doing this conference with the british council called an convention i took a bus from hyderabad to bombay because i didn't want to spend money paid like 2000 bucks for that ride uh, yeah. got to bombay sp- crashed in someone's house and experienced the live music for the first time with pentagram swaratma ragu dikshit project shair and punk um and there was like metal that happened with demonic resurrection and scribe all playing inside a church in bandra um so all of that we went through a lot of madness uh yeah. in those 3 days and that sort of like during this convention you were just an attendee just attend yeah yeah i was definitely okay. an attendee yeah. um but also eager to want to know more about what's going on so i met so mm-hmm. many people at the conference mm-hmm. uh hung out with them chatted with them got a meal with them did all of that did you and learn the what kilawid was uh, at that point yeah by that point i sort of <laughs> kilawid was only like Huh. I didn't know what it was when I was in school. When I was in huh. school, but the minute I graduated out of school, it sort of like yeah. dawned on me that hey, you know, that was a stupid, <laughs> stupid name. But yeah. it was fun. I mean, while it lasted, we actually drew mm. a marijuana leaf on the bass kit, <laughs> bass drum, and actually went to school and put it up. When I think about it, uh, it was the most outrageous thing because my school plays oh, like yeah. was Sadar Patel Vidyalaya, which was the most like. it's funded it's backed by the gujarat education society and you know is very like orthodox in those manners and it's all about hindi and patriotic music so uh oh, any school I, mean, i i was at a convent school and if we had pulled off something like that at the school you would be in a principal's office the next morning yeah so <laughs> we burned the pa the next time we played the first uh-huh. time we played we played the second time we played we actually like was supposed to play three songs by the end of the second song we'd already burned the system so there was no way we could play any more songs so <laughs> i mean that's basically what happened um so then yeah then, you were hanging out so then i moved bad. back then i moved back to delhi after that i quit my okay. job i moved back to delhi said okay while music is definitely an option but i don't know if i'll get a job if i'll get paid if anything will happen all of that mm. um and i didn't get any interest from anyone for over 4 months 5 months but so that much time were you looking to do when you went back to I was actually i was actually studying for my gmat to actually apply to go and do my mba uh-huh. um so you so already had plans and at, at the same time were you like figuring out it. some way to con- be in the music scene 
Yeah, I mean, I always liked being around musicians and being around people. So I think that's where my desire for being in the business came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2010, I got a call one afternoon from the current MD of the comp- of OML, Ajay, who basically took like a 30-minute, hi, hello, we are restructuring call, um, that the business is restructuring, we're reforming the business, a lot of the old people are leaving, mm-hmm. uh, we're resetting what we want to be and who we want to be in the business and um, asked me my background and this and that and the fact that I knew how to work Excel sheets and the fact that I knew how to um, think about the yeah. business beyond just the passion for music was yeah. definitely an attractive thing. I you, think you knew the um, numbers, you knew how to work with the numbers. A little bit. Um, I won't say a lot. I think there was, but um, that's that's how I moved to Bombay in 2010 um, to work with OML. Um, we were literally working out of a bedroom, uh, a one BHK in Malag, um, and uh, we'd get to office at nine, leave at eleven. Um, I mean, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. That was pretty much my life for easily three to four months when I joined the company. Um, and then I was suddenly thrown in the deep end to manage artists. Um, and the first band that I got to manage was actually Pentagram. Um, okay. And um, that that's, was that, the that's, biggest... That's actually uh, like a great uh, first break. Uh, well, I would say it was actually the best learning experience that I've got till today. Exactly. Um, exactly because of I, that. Because it's a big band and you have big responsibilities. Kind of this pressure we, to not uh, fudge things up. Yeah, uh, and we fucked a lot of things up in the first <laughs> six months. From the And because, only because I had no fucking clue. I didn't know what is a tech writer. So what? I didn't, when I joined the business, I had no idea. What is a, what is a twin amp? Like, what uh, the hell are these things? Like, yeah. Um, today, things that are standard norms for most artists at that point were, hey, like, what is that? And like, you didn't have yeah. equipment, you didn't have yeah. gear. Yeah. Um, so I actually, in the first six months, ended up touring a lot more. We started doing a lot of programming with the Hard Rock Cafes across uh-huh. India. Yeah. Uh, so for almost three years, I was running that for the Hard Rocks at OML. Yeah. Um, and uh, that honestly opened my eyes to learning how to work with a lot of international bands. We put a whole tour plan together, tour itinerary for bands. Uh, we toured with, in the first six months, I toured with this Canadian, two Canadian acts called Tegan and Sarah and Bedouin Soundclash, mm-hmm. um, which were like unknown acts at that point. Tegan and Sarah were playing at the Oscars and the Grammys last year. So, I mean, that's how big those guys have gotten. Um, right. We, and everything from putting them up in a hotel to dealing with, um, you know, taking them on a, food experience in Bombay to going to taking them on a boat ride to Elephanta Caves, then coming back and their stomach getting upset, uh, going to Delhi and still playing a show with all of that happening. You know, like, I think those are real life experiences that you can't get any other way but by doing it. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything. It was all about let's just do this and learn from all of these experiences. Yeah. Um, At at that point, I think the whole uh, concept of artist management was sort of evolving itself and sort of it, it had incepted itself in India I think around that period because that's when you know booking artists and acts came up for for whatever uh, so there was in, like, I mean 
to be honest i think by 2010 there was a handful of artists that had already sort of started making a name for themselves in fact, um, that was the time around which you know sunbound blew up uh, swedishas mafia came to bombay then there were talks of dead mouse coming then i think axwell came and yeah, all of like, that um, avici came so right. that was a big thing I, uh, i had no understanding of that and to be very honest till today my understanding of electronic music is very very poor no just about um, i know the big names. music and concerts right. in general right. because we were okay. used so, to going out for concerts of uh, apna bollywood acts uh, very once in a while there would be something like that but other than right. that there, there was no real live music per se there wasn't and in fact um i would say that i was super happy and proud to actually be part of the first team that actually put the first weekend there together um in 2010 um and that was that is probably i would say one of india's most successful uh, sure. and efficiently yeah. run music Huge. festivals um Huge. over the last decade yeah. um some 2010 till now it would have been the best 10 year 11 year actually but 10 years if you look at it that way um this year but unfortunately nobody can do anything on ground um mm. but um yeah i mean working with artists like asian dub foundation lacuna coil um all of those like cool rock folk metal i mean yeah. textures we did a whole bunch of different things through right. the years while i was at oml while i was also managing artists so i my first and major learning was pentagram and i think right. till today they all like buddies more than like work scenarios i never looked at pentagram as work it was always a passion cuz i really love the guys and i loved watching them on stage yeah. and i never sat back like i don't sit back and listen to a lot of the music of artists that i work with i some i somehow with a lot of artists and i would say pratik is probably the first one where i actually do that with mm-hmm. most of my artists i enjoy watching them on stage cuz i think that's where they really come alive and that's where they really like put a smile on people's faces and i've never had a show with pentagram where they got off stage and not like made a mad crowd go crazy or party or have a great time yeah. whether they were playing a club or whether they were playing a auditorium we've done gigs in like auditoriums in delhi where we shattered the in college auditorium where we shattered all the glass because of the amount of sound that they generate um we did a gig in all the way in aizwal where we got there after taking two changes of flights and um, the vendor had not got half our tech rider the <laughs> power was literally two cables jacked in straight to a transformer where if the lights went up the sound went down each speaker box was a different make with a different amplifier yep. because over it was basically someone had called all the religious speakers that were used in that city and were put up as a venue that was probably the only gig where vishal came up to me and was like bro I think we got to get out of here soon like this is not happening um uh, but and we had close to 25000 people at that gig easily um and in, in fact Aizwal. the last in Aizwal yeah um so i mean it's crazy because people are on top of trucks on top of their buses on top of their cars just coming to watch the gig in a college you know uh, i think it was nit over there mm. so i mean we've done all sorts of mad things that year we did close to in 2014 between Jan and Feb I think I had booked close to 14 or 15 shows with Pentagram in colleges it was only colleges mm. and I had taken a punt and I had gone up against which talent shaker's manager saying I'm going to book gigs and he was like don't take away all my dates because this talent shaker need to do shows I was like sorry and Vishal was like yeah go for it let's have some fun and he <laughs> went and played like all these shows 
yeah. made a documentary which never really came out unfortunately hopefully one day it will see the light of day mm-hmm. um but just watching them on stage seeing them in front of like so many kids college gigs was always the fun the real yeah. thing and the real yeah. energy that these guys yeah. brought um yeah i mean like working with them was definitely a learning experience working with karsh i mean honestly opened my eyes to the wideness of what music from india can actually be mm-hmm. and how to mm-hmm. take it from it being in its purest classical sense to actually like yeah. complicating it into these like 13 piece orchestras where oh, you gosh. know sorry to break you actually uh, yeah. i just about karsh i wanted to ask you that uh, you know he's always been you know like a gem of an artist you know he's he's really talented he's always kept it real and uh, with him it's always been that you know mostly either if you know karsh you will go and see see him perform otherwise uh, you you probably wouldn't find out about him so as an artist uh, what kind of management does that require like apart from uh, you know sorting out the live shows and you know connecting with people who give gigs to karsh or like you know you do something with karsh in in terms of development how does it go because uh, he's he's a, like i think he's like a uh, to be very honest I th- that is true and to be very honest i think by the time i started working with him he was already established yeah um, he's, he's been as a name he's been up there been, for a while for a long time he's been out there for close to 22 years now i mean yeah. in the, in his in the music world he's played with literally everyone on the planet um from doing close to three being on over 300 albums around the world to mm. when he was a session musician in new york to actually being the first guy to actually sign a record deal in the us to actually like being one of the first Broken, like indian origin artists yeah, to i mean do all these things at a time when it was unheard of i mean yeah. was is yeah. definitely something that so puts him in a that, different niche i wanted to ask you as as an as a manager how i mean do you think that he's this guy who sort of doesn't need someone to manage him as an artist in terms of how to develop his brand uh, or is it just like if if you have a if karsh has a manager it's mostly just for you know managing his logistics and stuff like that well i think honestly when i go about that with most artists i mean and i'm going to change this like from just karsh to in general with artist management mm-hmm. i don't think there is a one size fits all approach that can be taken with any mm-hmm. sort of artist right. yeah um if you're an unassuming quiet person who doesn't like talking on social media doesn't like mm-hmm. uh, doing all of the embracing a lot of those technologies but you've already developed a name for yourself by just the music that you put out in the world mm. um that's great and i think um with most artists i mean and this is going to sound funny but like artists like karsh have been around before social media existed mm-hmm. um to be honest like they were probably there right at the time when napster happened to the yeah. world um and so they have actually seen the first wave of what the internet can do for an artist yeah. like i mean karsh had two tracks that were free tracks given with every windows pc um with every windows machine 2000 machine um he had um he was the first his was the first test record on itunes like as the first album that was ever put out on itunes he was the first one of the first like records over there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i mean he's definitely been there and seen the benefits of technology mm-hmm. in terms of opening those doors mm-hmm. um 
it's gotten a little crazy for a lot of the artists from that generation because of the fact that they didn't grow up with like every song needs to have a challenge like i didn't look at my music as a challenge guys like i want people to listen to it to experience it to feel it yeah. uh, and to come out with their own expressions in whatever way shape or form they want to i don't need to see it you know yeah. my job is to write the best music that i can and put it out in the world and then let the audience do the talking it's the old school uh, ideology and i think we have beyond before I, our during generation sort of comes from the old school ideology apart from the gen z who who sort of were born into the internet age correct um but i also think it's not just that i think it's also like and this is something that i mean i'll sound a little like crazy when i say this but social media when used to your advantage is your biggest tool today yeah. to market yourself i mean it yeah. it's made is democratized the world in a way that it never was before um you can open your audience to a much wider reach you can yeah. find fans today everywhere around the world look at the way technology is today we're all sitting in our own homes we're recording podcasts we're recording albums putting out like doing things like that which stuff like that band videos stuff yeah. that was never possible yeah. before so yeah. technology has advanced itself to a level where exactly now like the way the world is going to consume things in the future mm. is going to change and consumption yeah. patterns are definitely going to change but coming back to the whole yeah artist management side of things i think like with different artists it's a different approach for prateek um he didn't need me to direct him of who he is as an artist right he needed help his he needed more help with putting things in order and being organized and like helping to creating everything from like a gig to how can i improve right. my performance at a gig to how can i improve the experience of the audience at the gig simple things but right. Right. um i asked you cuz i want to know at 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 that stage where someone's in control of their artistic direction what are the kind of things they might need someone else to handle for them i don't think there is a there is a answer to that as a flat answer honestly uh um, no, whatever you've like, experienced with pratik from, one, so with Pent- like for example pentagram was already a developed artist by the time i i yeah. started working with them it was more about make sure gigs are booked and make sure i mean in, in india we do bookings and management both ourselves mm-hmm. um and we end up simply because it just reduces logistical complications for most right. clients um and because there isn't that much work for most people to segregate that for mm-hmm. an artist to actually like say hey i'll have a separate booking agent and a separate manager sort of things that happen yeah. internationally yeah. from the get go yeah. you know like yeah. exactly. um in fact in the us it's in most cities it, in most states it's illegal to have uh your Just manager as your agent yeah um, divided so, out there into like a personal manager and a business manager and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. in india we don't have that because we still are a while away before we get there yeah. but we will one day we will um Allah. till then i mean um with uh, like with some with estab- with an unestablished artist mm-hmm. you know someone who's mm-hmm. just sort of finding their feet mm-hmm. it's more about helping them maneuver their overall aesthetic and their overall di- vibe and help them find their voice yeah and find their voice means go beyond i mean as management honestly we go and do everything you know we don't just do hey i do the show related side of business or i do the 
artwork related side of the business yeah. or the release side of the business we end up going in between all these various like spaces um and no two days are the same some days you are fighting a legal fight with someone some days you are negotiating a, a deal with somebody some days you are fighting with your artist about something um some days you are just having a great day and listening to music so um it changes every day is different um with the younger artists it's more about helping them find their voice and find their voice through their music find their voice through meeting new people with some artists it's all dependent on what the artist needs some artists are very like have a go getter attitude in terms of hey i'll find the mix engineer i'll find the mastering engineer mm-hmm. i'll find my session musician mm-hmm. i'll coordinate all of that you just help me piece it all together in an excel right. sheet right uh, some artists need help with all of that right. you know and yeah some artists like need help with pr some people need help with uh, overall communication maybe um yeah. you know some need help with just you know let's put on the best show possible and you help me put that show on together mm. with me mm. um so i think it's a mix of all of those things jumbled together in terms of creating who an artist is and defining their artist um nice. and defining that personality um some artists don't want a defined personality because they feel like they evolve and these are human beings at the end of the day mm-hmm. and they don't want it to be very fixed for too long today i write about love tomorrow i could be writing about like the sky it's mm-hmm. my mood it's my emotion whatever works for me yeah. and whatever i'm feeling is what i'm going to talk and write about Fine. um so i mean that's that's pretty much the essence of the music as i see it and what artists do with it you know different artists have different strategies and you can come up with all forms of strategy um like what we did with kasoor on the last um in when we released kasoor uh with a six day campaign where we got fans to just comment on his social media right um and then we actually put out the video where we got over 600 entries from various fans entirely via mela base piece that video together with the guys from jugaad over a whole uh month and a half um so it wasn't a lockdown concept but became a lockdown concept um yeah. then post post release use the social media options at your disposal with things like reels things like um you know like filters on instagram um and all of that just garnered a crazy amount of attention like the, the right. song has got close to 17 18 million streams across all right. platforms something that is unheard of when you listen to independent music in that sense yeah. you know yeah so so yeah So uh, with Pratik how did uh, I mean how did your journey with Pratik began were you there with him since the beginning I know so it's just a funny co- coincidence but I happened to be working at OML and I was the one who actually booked him for the first weekender that happened in 2012 while I was at OML I was the one coordinating everything um and he played a solo set at on the side stage on in 2012 that's where he actually came and said hey maybe this is something that could happen <laughs> in india um he had met his manager by that time at that point um not not me there was another manager um and then he came and then he was working with that guy uh, for like a good 5 years um and then some i was his booking agent from 2015 onwards when i left oml and joined big bad wolf i took over bookings only for him um and i was trying to find we were putting together experiences every year for us like every year was a different experience one year was you know when he did the intoken and charms release 
um these guys put on i wasn't part of that but they put on like amphitheater gigs um because they felt that was the right experience they all lost a lot of money because they didn't sell that many tickets but it was about putting on an experience mm-hmm. um post that we ended up doing a bunch of club shows and a and a club tour later in the year which sold out very quickly um that's where things sort of like started growing for us but with pratik he was never he's always been an artist who wanted to be a songwriter first right. and a performer later like right. i think he's only come into his own as an artist as a performer in the last year and a half i would personally say till then he was still finding his way in terms of how to do this like he would go on record talking to press saying hey i hate playing shows and i would be like aisa mat bol we'll all lose business you know but you know when i look back i think it's good only that an artist was honest and the largest scheme of yeah. things i think it's fine like everyone can do their own thing did that sort of help you guys uh, set up shows in a way that suits him and sort of en- yes. enhances his performance in in his authentic way like without him having to do things that he did not feel like doing yeah we tried doing that a lot um in the beginning it was hard because of the fact that you know there's only so much funding you can do yourself um yeah we did uh, the that was one so, big topic i was going to come to later but just keep telling me about i mean in 2000 i was wondering that you know 2000 how do you 16 we actually put on two auditorium shows in bombay and delhi uh-huh. uh which we intended to sell primarily to mela base mm-hmm. and experiment and see how many tickets we can actually sell to them they got a 48 hour heads up on the tickets and a discount mm-hmm. as well um and we did kamani auditorium in delhi and we did uh, sofia auditorium in bombay and we sold both those shows out in 7 days um wow that's where like a was, lot was that kind of unprecedented I mean it was uh, we knew that there is a base but we didn't know how big a base you okay. know and I mean I don't think even after that we and we really pushed the knob on how far we could go for a while we waited till 2018 for that to actually start happening um but when did you like sort of, of realize that you know he was ready for an auditorium show was it was it the kind of response he was just getting online cuz he wasn't I don't think no, he was on it, to be very honest I, yeah to be honest in pratik's case less is more has always been the strategy um and that's always been something that has worked in his favor um he's never been about like i want to play 100 shows a year you know it's always been about i want to play the right shows and right. i want to put on the right experience right so that it works for me like if you put pratik in 2015 if you put him in a club in a regular club and asked him mm. to play mm. he would have been butchered like and it happened like in a couple mm-hmm. of gigs where people are talking there's only so much you can bump the level of the pa up because his music is very soft yeah. in a bar you're going to have clangy uh, sounds people are going to be drinking it's not like the bar can be shut during the performance because that's when the money is made um for the venue so and india works differently from the west where it's not all based on tickets you know like yeah. uh, in the west you basically have a, ba- a percentage of what you make on the tickets in india we end up getting um, and as you grow that change on crowd bit, mainly kitna crowd pull kar sakte ho in india that was that's something that's happening now a lot more mm-hmm. where a lot more yeah. artists and a lot more promoters are trying to work that model um i think but, the audi- even the audience is sort of just uh, you know warming up to the idea of paying to watch anyone perform yeah and that was actually something that actually pratik actually is really forefronted 
like yeah. i don't want to do shit for free yeah. Yeah. um or gigs for free um because and that's something that like i detest till today where brands come and say please let's do this as a collaboration please and you get pr value i'm like yeah okay, all of us get enough pr value in our lives um i am doing this for free you are a brand you want to build your brand on the back of the value of the artist you pay the artist a certain fee yeah um so in pratik's case it was always about putting on the right experience and we always knew his music would work in an auditorium simply because people when they're seated are generally quieter yeah. um yeah. and there's no bar and there's no like unnecessary noise um and it's the so same things you figured out on here. the run right like while doing well, other shows which did not work you started realizing that this is the we knew even when we were doing those shows we knew like if we book him in a venue where it's going to be his noisy fans, and all it won't work people will stay right. quiet because of the fact that they know if they want to listen to the artist they're going to have to stay quiet because that's how the artist is um mm-hmm. so we did two auditorium shows that year they did really well uh later that year the guys from humming tree actually brought mike posner down to india so he opened for mike posner that year right before mike posner went to the grammys um that was in two, early 2017 later in 2000 and then we played a few festivals and colleges in the middle mm-hmm. uh but most of our gigs were gigs that he wanted to play it wasn't about let's go and play this festival and that show and this and show that other people were doing you know mm-hmm. in 2017 we were like should we go and do a bigger auditorium show before mm-hmm. we put out the new music or let's strip it back so we mm-hmm. actually stripped it back and scaled it back where he did three gigs across delhi bombay and bangalore Mm-hmm. in 100 250 capacity rooms only but the price of the ticket was taken up from 4 500 rupees to close to 2000 rupees um so we sold all those shows out um and by then we knew that there is an audience that will buy tickets at anywhere between 500 to 700 people per city um in yeah. at least five to seven cities in the country um the success of the old mess sorry sorry just to cut you off just a minute i'm pausing this ah huh? hello Yeah, life, man. It's life of working from home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're all dealing with it. Um, yeah, but so then those, after those three shows, so after those, so we did those three solo shows, and we made no money, honestly. But we did those shows because they were the right experience for the fans, right? And people, um, I think, understood the vibe that you know this needs to be. And it was just a solo gig. Yeah. In fact, in Bangalore, there's a whole moment in that show where we were having power issues, mm-hmm. and the power kept tripping for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. in the midst of the show where the board went off the pa went off the lights went off yeah. and pratik just picked up his guitar at one moment and just started playing and the audience started just humming along and singing along like those are the moments that you live for you know as yeah. Yeah. as we're putting together these experiences and just seeing those fans smile was really special for yeah. us um we did a lot, we did all of that at and then he played like the pre headline slot at a weekender in 2017 as well uh where he opened right before secrets after sex and that's where we saw this crowd of like right. over 10000 people literally singing along to every song yeah and we were like okay this is going somewhere let's see what happens um and then he went and recorded coldness and that record came out in this in mid of 2018 um and that did really well like because of the fact that you know people hadn't heard him before like a lot of people actually like heard him and you know and started listening to his music started sharing his music because suddenly there was like new music from pratik that they, everybody wanted and they'd heard at these gigs and at these shows yeah. but didn't yeah. have the audio of it to listen to yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that led to connection was made with the audience, and then there was the factor where the audience is waiting for music from that artist, which is something Correct. which is the point where almost every artist wants to get to. That Correct. And in Pratik's case, it's never been about hurrying things. It's always been about doing things the right, right way. way. Yeah. Um, and being patient about it, and then putting out a good marketing campaign around it. Yeah. In terms of how we can put it out, like every time we do something broadly. Nine out of ten times, it first goes to the mailer base, even if it's sent to them two hours before something. Uh, the an emailer is sent out to the fans first because that fan first approach has worked in his favor throughout his life, and we want that to continue as we keep growing. Um, and then in 2018, we sort of he sort of wanted to change management, and he wanted to come over. He wanted to work with me, and he called, we ended up having a conversation, and um, so we started working in pretty much exactly two years ago. In September of 2018 um, is when I took over entirely, um, and uh, we did a bunch of college shows that year, and we started testing the waters in terms of how many fans there are, what sort of tickets people are buying at these shows, or even at a college gig, how what's the price ticket we can get, how much are people willing to pay, um, and then in Feb of 2019 we actually did the show with the guys from Humming Tree again, but in Bangalore. Where they announced a show, and in seventy-two hours they sold sold two and a half thousand tickets. Wow. Um, so it was it was an outdoor show. Not it was an outdoor show at the at the Indira Nagar Club. Um, that really opened all of our eyes to the fact that hey, there is fans, Proper and fans, Cold Mass yeah. is out. There's new music yeah. that fans have listened to, and yeah. we need to plot a tour. Um, so, and then. We had a whole plan of him touring overseas that year, where he was going to the States. He had been signed by Paradigm Talent, which is and represented by Tom Windish um, there. So he ended up going and doing a 30-city, 30-day tour across the U.S. Um, between South by Southwest and New York. We ended up doing and radio shows and everything in between. We did close to 30, 30 At that point, he was already... Um famous or just known in America? I mean, right after he signed the uh, EP? Well, I think, well, I know the label was Savan. Um, Savan has a record label called Artist Original. So they helped us put the whole piece, the whole record for Cold Mess together. Um, At that point, there was no uh, indication of interest from like abroad about his music. Like substantial. We knew that there's fans, and we knew that there there would be some fans, and the rooms that were booked were 250 to 300 capacity rooms mm-hmm. everywhere, okay. but purposely because we didn't want to take a bigger risk. As you start, yeah. this was his first real tour in the US, <laughs> right? Right. Um, he'd done a solo gig tour when he released the EP in 2018, mm-hmm. um, but that was more like 50 to 80 to 120 capacity, like mm-hmm. coffee bars and things like that. Um, and it was a solo tour. This was a full band tour. Uh, we took uh, the band from here and we actually went and played all those cities between like the US and Canada. Um, and they did pretty much like we sold 90% of the shows out. And that did that led to them saying, hey, let's book another tour later in the year right. at bigger rooms. It'll be lesser shows, but it'll be better experience for you because these are bigger rooms and better green rooms and We'll plan it out better and this and that. It was also our first learning experience of how to tour overseas, Mostly, yeah. how to be efficient when you're touring, yeah. um, how you should not always hire a backline and actually buy your own backline and carry it to every gig if you can. 
um simple things like that that artists in india never have to worry about like yeah. you could be the smallest artist in india and demand a keyboard and get it uh in the us it's unheard of you have to pay for it you know you want it cool this guy will get it for you you have to pay him from the gate whether you make money or you don't make money that guy is going to charge Boss. his fee right rentals. it's called rentals um those are the biggest learnings that i think came out of the us tour that we did in march april from a learnings point of view for us mm-hmm. um and we came back from that tour and um he went and did two dates and played the great escape festival in in the uk uh in may that year and we came back from there and knew that putting this tour together in india was like the most important part of mm-hmm. our strategy going forward um so we actually worked with the guys at orange juice and insider to actually piece together a plan um for 11 cities across india um we were being both situations where we were like let's be conservative but let's also be ambitious um and we were glad that the fo- that the folks at supermoon and z actually z live actually came on board to actually like back the tour and pick up the entire tour and promote it and allow us to do what we do which is solo shows and every- i mean it was a standalone tour with no opening acts where people came to watch pratik right. um in 11 cities and we sold close to 30000 tickets across those cities so that was something that was really special so uh, would these uh, would all these events be uh, funded by one entity or was it like distributed amongst a bunch of sponsors and a few so few of your own investments or something so how were, the nature of uh, investments in these tours be, being like So we, in fact, actually initiated the tour by saying we are going to take the risk ourselves and do it because it's the right thing to do. You mean Big and Bad Wolf? Big Bad Wolf, Orange Juice, Insider, everyone was working together to put the whole tour together. Okay. Obviously, if we were putting the tour together, we would have been a bit more stingier in terms of what tech and what hospitality and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But um, Z was really nice to come on board and actually like help put the whole tour mm-hmm. together with us. Believe in the whole tour. Mm-hmm. Um, they picked the tour up. they basically became the promoter of the whole tour um back the whole tour artists got fee tickets were sold as per our agreed price and pricings um across all those cities in delhi in december we had close to 9000 people that showed up to one show like that was some that i mean there's there's videos of that on pratik socials that you can pick up there are like there's an experience that you can't like replicate Right. any other way but and that was just pratik it wasn't like uh, you know part of a lineup or having an opening act to like sort of fund the i mean just uh, get so more audience so we did seven shows which yeah we did seven shows with uh, auditoriums and we did four shows which were outdoors so we did bombay pune bangalore uh, i mean mumbai pune bangalore and uh, delhi as outdoors and we did all the other cities as auditoriums anywhere between 700 to 1100 tickets in auditoriums um and we pretty much sold most of these auditoriums out except surat mm-hmm. um i mean and we dealt with a lot of issues i mean pune was supposed to happen in october it rained then that got rescheduled to december so you lose a bunch of tickets mm-hmm. um then we did the show then the delhi show one week before that the nrc protest started happening in delhi mm-hmm. so there was a whole bunch of negativity going on around that Right. we lost we had to postpone the bangalore show to january because nrc had like called section whatever 144 in bangalore so there was no way you could put on the show yeah. there 
Correct. Um, so a lot of like the lockdown has impacted us, but there was a lot of shit going on. A lot of shit getting fucked up already. as always. Um, but all in all, I mean, everybody walked away from the tour really happy. There was obviously sponsors that backed the tour. There was um, Z as a promoter went and sold the sold brand activations to a bunch of brands that actually came on board to help the whole tour together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, it was a good tour. It was a great experience for us. Um, and hopefully, we'll do bigger things whenever we come back. But till then, focus focus is back on putting putting work into the music, getting the right music together. Piecing right. into the right partners around the world and making sure we can take Pratik and actually go global with it as much as possible. Yeah, that that would be the natural final front frontier. It's get happening, more global. and it's it's gonna. I mean, there's big news coming soon. So when that comes, you will hear about it. Can't talk about it right now, but um, but it's gonna be. It's all been very special. The experience of working with Pratik, honestly, is. Has been next to nothing else that I've ever done in my life. Um, I mean, he's one of the most level-headed, practical, straightforward like people to work with, um, and you know, and that's something that has been a big learning curve, you know, right. for me as well. Mm. After all these years, to actually find the energy to, um, you know, find that excitement to work with someone has been definitely very special. And. Uh... So this was Pratik Kuhard with with who you sort of experienced a, a meteoric rise just as him as an artist with him as an artist and um, I want to talk about the other artist uh, that you are managing Kamakshi Khanna how the experience has been with her and of course it's I been mean, great I mean I think I think with Kamakshi honestly we started out working together in two thousand end of two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we started working. The first thing we did together was actually her album release, which was Cakewalk, um, which came out at that point. Um, and honestly, from 2017 to literally now, it's been more about like her focusing on her songs and focusing on um, her live performance. And she she really loves playing with people, and she really loves being on stage, and she really she really loves writing music with people. Um, and playing covers. So it all is part of who she is as an artist and as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of that has shaped her into a place where now she's ready to put a lot of music out in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully I the next... Uh, seen much from her since 2017. And, right. uh, before... We haven't put out any music. Before that, she had an EP, uh, which she had yeah. put out two years before that. And before then... that, she had like this momentum going with her uh, after the show that she did uh, where there were these judges I don't remember the stage yeah with the stage correct she she had a lot of momentum going and she released a lot of music and then uh, I thought that there might be some reason why she is taking this time off the well honestly she wanted to find her own voice and find her own sound and I think everyone goes through that you as an agency as a manager when, when she sort of needed this time uh, to sort of find herself was it challenging for you or were you, were you just no, confident that okay, we never we never yeah because I never sign like and this is something that is a joke but I never sign artists with the objective of making money like I feel like I need to like the musician I need to like the artist they need to feel they need to like us mm. and we need to be family before we actually like start talking business because mm. business will come and business will go and careers will be built but 
at the end of the day as human beings we need to like each other and we need to want to hang out with each other yeah. um and like i may like a song if, if i may totally not like a song and it's fine like that's just that's yeah. what it is you know and and that's the creative process of working with artists you know um but at the same time what's most important is making sure that they um you know they feel that where there's safe space you know where the kind of space where they can actually share what they're really feeling mm. about their music about their life about their career um and in fact i would actually say that she's been one of the most proactive productive people that i have seen in these last 6 months um from collaborating with other artists to writing her own songs to sitting in her bedroom and working on herself and honing her craft she teaches a bunch of kids as well um, um she does takes online classes she's been doing that um all while we've been working on you know how mm. are we going to craft her next release and her next record right. we've signed a deal with uh, the good folks at artist originals for her um so there's going to be a track that's going to come out a song that's going to come out next month um hopefully hopefully it, the wait has been worth it and mm. everybody is excited about it it's her first hindi song hindi song okay. um so that's going to be interesting right. um and she writes in both english and hindi and she feels equally comfortable now writing in those exactly. languages yeah how so, uh, do you sort of i mean given that you're handling pati kuhard and kamakshi khanna both uh, sizable names and how, how much of time do they take up of you um, on a daily basis is it is it sort of difficult to juggle the two artists since they are you know uh, different as you said so, every artist has its own share of uh, duties for you so so i've actually been fortunate that my boss has actually been kind enough to hire me uh, someone who can work with me primarily on these two and these two artists okay. um there's a girl called deepika who works with me in delhi she's amazing um she works she takes on a lot of like admin related stuff so i can work on more of the creative and business side of things um and she also comes up with some of the most amazing creative ideas um that sometimes 35 year olds don't come up with like and 20, 22 23 year olds just because they're exposed to this technology a lot more yeah like to be honest i actually felt for for the first time in my career that i was thrown under the bus in social media when snapchat happened i was like uh-huh. what the fuck is snapchat what why are people using this they're like 15 second yeah. or 5 second videos like vines i got but like snapchat yeah. just you see a video and it disappears yeah. at that point was like yeah. why would you want that See. and now when i think about it like you it's know, all like, about that now isn't it with insta stories and stuff like that it's all about your 15 seconds of fame as i yeah. call it now yeah. with the world of tiktok and thriller and whatever you want to call it yeah. um but i still strongly feel it starts with the music and it starts music. for every musician yeah. Yeah. Uh you need to work on your craft you need to work on your art we are yet to um, have a musician who's you know become a like a rock star on virtual platforms you know uh I mean I wouldn't say that I would say the every every artist needs to find a way to make it their own you know yeah. what I mean like I don't mean like and I don't mean mean to say that every strategy needs to be the same hmm. you know like you need to have a real strategy you need to have a tiktok strategy you need to have a thriller strategy you need uh-huh. to have this strategy i'm like yaar aadmi music banaye pehle fir ye sab strategy bana lenge you know like uh, do you think that most artists are sort of more um, worried or more more concerned about you know putting up that image than 
working on the music the art per se no i don't think so i think i feel like there's a side to your life which is creativity which is creating the art and then there's a side to the uh, side to the business which is the business side of things which is how are you going to market it and learning how to market your stuff over a period of time um in india what i have noticed has happened for a lot of releases in the last few couple of years especially is people release music put it out and forget about it in two weeks you know it's mm. not important anymore it's not valid anymore nobody's mm. talking about it anymore yeah. and i feel like as artists are growing it's even more important to find ways to use the mediums that are available at your disposal to actually keep that energy and that momentum going yeah. like by literally using it in a reel or using it in a story or using it in a post or making yeah getting a fan to actually make a fan art of it or mm. to get a designer to come on board and actually draw design a visual identity to a video that could be their own but or run a marketing campaign around it every song doesn't need that but there are a fair number of situations where that happens you know yeah. so that's something that i feel very strongly about that needs that is something that is happening um and um, and as we as we grow and as we build and as we as we are evolving what this marketing medium of the world is good it's all very new yeah everyone like it's new and it's actually very fast like there's there's something new happening every now and then you know like tiktok we were just getting onto instagram before that there was snapchat and then came tiktok so like people have to pivot really quickly and usually the ones who are entering new are sort of adopting these newer platforms cuz they are just experimenting right they've they've they just started making using and promoting themselves Instagram pe karo ya TikTok pe karo kya farak padta hai chal main TikTok try karke dekhta hu and that's why i think some of them really find their early niche on a certain time right and i think i mean there's no harm in trying things yeah and doing it and if you but finding your voice in all of that madness is time consuming yeah. stressful hectic so there, i feel like nobody should get stressed about it mm. like everybody should and you shouldn't have anxiety over social media <laughs> like first and foremost I think focus on your music, focus on your art, put put it out, and then once it's out, make sure that there's a there's a strong enough strategy to make sure that the the song and the music and the meaning of that song keeps evolving over time and not just on a one to two week sort of time frame. Because um, that's something that I very very openly believe that long term strategies are needed over a period of six weeks to three months to six months. like where is this song going to happen and it's hard it's not easy right um because indie music is funded by art, the artist and the artist themselves there are people now who are stepping in who are saying okay we'll back you a distributor will give you a bigger advance a publisher will step in and give you an advance but it's still very much diy where friends are helping friends put music out there um making money of that music is still a while away for most artists and nobody can pay their rent on the back of spotify streams yet yeah. in most cases uh, unless you built a sizable base it will happen after a couple of years but mm. not in the when you put it out you know so um and the old norm of i will pay you record labels in india don't back artists that come from the independent scene at all um it's almost unheard of so yeah I mean there's a whole bunch of world of music which is called non film music which mm. I just smile and turn my face away because I don't believe in it. Um 
I'm very openly don't believe in it, but it exists, and it's a it's a it's a way for the bigger names in in the Bollywood scene to actually put music that is not going to Bollywood out there or have creative freedom and just put it out there and see what happens. So mm. from that perspective, I get what it is. Mm. Um, so, but from a but from a creative point of view for the indie scene, I think it's more about artists willing to work together. Like helping each other out, finding different strategies of working. Okay, you won't pay me in advance. Fine. Mm-hmm. Will you give me a percentage on the track, on the future of the track? Uh, like tomorrow, that track gets synced in a film or an ad or a jingle mm-hmm. or uh, you know, like or something like that. Whatever happens with the track, um, we can work a way for everyone to work together, and that's increasingly happening. Yeah. Uh, the indie scene is actually very supportive and very collaborative, um, and that's something. That I find it's actually easier because the managers don't have to step in. Artists talk to artists. Yeah. We only get in to handle the logistics or the legality of the things. Right. Um, and that's where that's something that doesn't really happen that much in the West. And that's chain. That's why I think India is actually primed to actually break that cusp a lot faster if everybody continues to work together, produce quality music, package it well, market it well. And then you'll have ten artists on a global platform that everybody oh, can look ten or hundred or why not? Like we yeah. have a lot of us around the world, even if we don't look at the the uh, the other people. There's enough people of uh, enough Indians out in the world who will back an Indi- a successful sure. or a growing Indian yeah. artist once they hear the music, you know? Because there's no question about the potential of artists from India. Yeah, the it's only, all about only challenge I think and marketing. Yeah, and the tools and the technology and everything is available to India, which sort of uh, levels the playing field for us, which which it has over the years. The main challenge is uh, the financial part of it, and just the overall notion of you know it being sustained sustainable in certain cultures and societies, even whether it's respectable enough for you to you know be a professional musician or not, because you know Indians have like that mentality you either have a job or a business or something because that is more stable and that is how that is the right way of living life you know ye sab to college mein kar le uske baad baith jane ka kaam pe so that mentality also sort of uh, holds people back like certain people who have the talent who have the knack to write songs or maybe rap or sing and they probably know that they have the capability but don't have the means to or even the uh, the Money. daring to pursue it seek, seek it's uh, a risky business improving it the music yeah. business the music business so, has no guarantees you could exactly. have written the most amazing track and nobody will yeah. hear it yeah or you could have written the most like you could have put in so much work into i mean in india i mean if you go to punjab that's like the most case and example story i don't know if you've ever heard those stories Of so many artists who sell their houses, land, this and that, because some label over there is placing them to say, "Tera gana main nikal dunga." They put okay. those songs out. Nothing happens with them, and all of them are broke and sitting. And okay. some of them no succeed. For every for every one success that you've heard, there'll probably at least a hundred from that pinned who nobody knows about. Um, I had no idea about this. Punjabi music has always been big in in the world. Been big, and yeah. And which is why you have the success of a Badshah and a Hani Singh and uh, Sidhu Moswala or like all these guys. But yeah. um, 
you know like for us like i don't understand that music i understand the kind of music that i work with which is left of center indie um the global indie sounding pop. music yeah it's i don't like to use that word like i pop. think well, i don't know what that means no I no i love pop pop huh. is fine pop is what like and i think like nuclear and rhythm is a pop to me because of yeah. the fact that everybody listens to it pop means popular, popular music yeah exactly um you know and genres were created to market music in the world exactly. and yeah. i mean that's something i learned from kash um so mm-hmm. breaking that genre barrier is something that everyone should yeah. strive like what is a genre and are you going to limit yourself because hey i am this and i don't know if it's that like what genre I am i going to put it under i think i got over these genre was like long ago you know maybe in 2010 or 11 when i started listening to electronic i think the genre was were over for me right then because Uh, before before that period i was like the biggest metal head that i could possibly be like i was listening to every metal band here and there and suddenly my interest shifted to electronic and i was like boss in the end now it's not about genres anymore it's about what makes you feel good in that point and uh, over the years that lines those genre lines have just gotten more and more blurred for me but what i have seen in the last 2 3 years on a on a global musical level is that every day there is an artist who is making a song which is just you know breaking all these genre li- lines like there is no real distinction whether this is electronic or trap or it's down tempo or it's just chill or whatever in the end it's something that people like listening to and it's i mean it's i i cool i'm I'm, I'm, one, i'm one yeah i'm one to totally strongly detest genres yeah. because Um I've listened to all styles of music throughout my life. I was the biggest yeah. Avial fan without knowing a single word of Malayalam. Same. Um, I I love Avial. I mean, in my opinion it's one yeah. of the best records ever produced. Raghu Dikshit's album um Hey Bhagwan for me is always going to be an album that everybody is going to remember. Um because it was the first album of that kind that got produced in India. It's mm-hmm. the only album that Vishal and Shekhar Records ever put out and I is know. the reason why I mean and it did really well. because it was great music um he went all over the world with that so i mean like if you look at it from that perspective as an impact of a record on an artist's career mm. that's the investment that you look at you know like yeah. you put in quality music you put in quality time you put in the quality production yeah. and then you put it out in the world and market it well and you reap the benefits from it yeah. you know like that and that and then marketing is goes into different spaces you know like from digital to physical to yeah. how is the cd going to be marketed in those days now there's new yeah. cd um i mean kids today say what is a cd like they've never seen a cd yeah mm-hmm. um so it's like we can put it up on a frame on a wall and say see that used to be a cd yeah as an art piece in a house cassette to um, matlab it will be archaeological for them if they ever found a cassette from on, on the floor or something they'll be like ye kya hai yeah, even though even though even though the cassette is cassette may still work the cd definitely won't work anymore because it will be scratched so bad <laughs> um but yeah i mean like that's that's what it is like for me like like focusing on the music focusing on mm-hmm. getting that right um and working with the artist in whatever capacity that they need us to work with them on along with actually working the business side of things which is things that they may not have the best hold of you know mm. but respecting the artist viewpoint making mm. sure that they are informed of everything at every stage yeah um and they're not caught in the dark 
like about things so that there's no confusion as you go i think in a relationship those are the most important <laughs> things as you grow you know and keeping an open form of dialogue when that stops that's when problems begin and uh, when it comes to relatively new artists i mean do you guys as an agency are you are you personally on the lookout for artists are you going and seeking out always artists? i will always looking shows where who, whose uh, artist name you don't know and maybe hoping to find a gem hidden in the rough so we haven't yet, to be very honest with you we we get sent a lot of music um <clears throat> simply because of who we work with and what we've been doing right um india is still a very growing market so there's very few artists i mean there's very few artist management agencies in my opinion still uh at a national level that actually are doing the kind of work that needs to be done for an entire industry uh to grow um but having said that there's a bunch of people in every city that are doing cool things um i think the scene has changed and evolved and fallen and evolved and grown in the last like decade that i've been a part of it um and it's very different like a lot of people are saying oh we can compare it to the 70s and 80s in the west and i'm like no you can't because we're living in the times of the digital age which is very different from what happened back then yeah um and we're actually moving a lot faster which is right. why we have to move faster for us to actually succeed and grow uh we're always looking out and they are also moving at the same fast speed that we are moving at right now exactly so i mean the same thing i mean the fact that now there is a billboard chart where with thriller where diljit dosanjh and arban malik's independent stuff or whatever their original music is breaking out on it's the same numbers as any pop guy from the west yeah. is testament to the fact that yeah yeah you know it can have a lot like about the state it can totally happen yeah so um it's just about putting the right teams together making sure people are more collaborative and supportive and willing to work together to make more things happen and honestly everybody is for the most part um everybody's everybody talks to everybody everybody's a phone call away um and uh, yeah i mean we're always looking for artists we listen to a lot of artists um i mean if there's someone that's that really piques our interest we always reach out to them and have a conversation we may not sign them but we we'll at least have a conversation with them and say hey we really like your going. music and keep 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 at it you know because um like you said very honestly in indie music that's the hardest part is staying true to yourself being able to fund it and yeah. not worry about hey i'm not making enough money yeah. or i can't survive doing this it's quite um, clear that at 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 this point right now in india the the people who will consider venturing into this will be the relatively more privileged people uh who can take this risk instead of you know those guys who literally need to survive off music like those those people will sort of enter that into- is the real truth of where things were at i think that's changing slowly and steadily because music production costs have gone down it's easier to produce music through technology um and i am hopeful that that shift happens a lot faster where it's yeah. not about yeah. just us in the urban cities you know like yeah. why can't there be a killer rapper that comes out of indore or nagpur or baroda or like some small little city in the south um 
because there are amazing artists all there over the are, place. But it's it's a complicated process to sort of first for you as an agency to find those diamonds in the rough Correct. and so for them the to sort of even show themselves out there. Matlab, you Instagram or some somewhere they must be uploading something which is really quality stuff. But again, for you to discover them is another thing. So correct, correct. Agreed with you. A lot of work. It's it's a lot. It's a lot harder. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But that is the challenge for us the, as people the, the is to discover these yeah. undiscovered gems of India yeah. and actually put them on a global map. You yeah. know because that's who we are. We're amazing people and yeah. like we have great musical uh, heritage. Also, we have great. You know? We do. I mean, and why? I mean, like. Everyone is so inspired by the kind of sounds. I mean, I work with an artist who actually writes music with where he has no real Indian elements in it, uh, and that's like a first in this country in all these years. Like mm-hmm. just an acoustic guitar and his voice, and his voice is is the Indianness in it. It's not yeah. the guitar playing because that could be anybody from anywhere. Of course, exactly. um, yeah. But I still listen to every single piece of like Indian sounding original music. That comes out of India because I really like it, and I really feel that's who we are as people. Sort of imbibed uh, in us, you know those sounds. They they are part of uh, us growing up. You know either those Indian sounds or maybe like somewhere you hear in the mandir or some bhajan at home or something. It gets internalized within you, and you relate to it no matter where it plays, how it plays. Exactly, and I mean, guys like Nuclear wouldn't. I mean, are successful because of that. I mean, guys like. Ritwiz have found a voice for yeah. themselves using Indian. Yeah. There is an Indianness to it. Yeah. It may not be explicitly by uh, Pratik. Actually, got so much, uh, got such a following without trying to be Indian. He's not tried to be Indian. You know, he probably just sings in Hindi, and that's about it. That's about it. You know, when that's it comes to it. being like, Indian like, for him, and right. I, I would always wonder that you know when would we sort of have you know our singer songwriters. India me like independent not not bollywood and stuff but our original singer songwriters who happening now there's a lot happening there's, and there's a lot now in fact yeah. i mean kudos to all the streaming platforms to be honest mm-hmm. for all the support that they give to all the indie indie artists breaking out uh, and to all the independent singer songwriters and to electronic producers and everyone like yeah. um from the fact that they playlist them from the fact that they give them cover covers from the fact that they give them um visibility within the platform um mm. that a wider audience will actually discover them and start liking them you yeah. know that's yeah. something that is the only way to break artists now you know and it's um creating awareness now for whoever we yeah. have like the way yeah. we are talking about why we aren't finding diamonds in the rough people in smaller cities must be wondering where do we find someone like pratik kuhar like you know correct and it'll happen like i think we had to be very honest with you it's not like dj's didn't exist in india yeah okay the success of one nuclear opened that boundary and broke that yeah. like wall like as i call it Absolutely. like it's a class he broke class um there was no more the guy who would go to the fanciest club to the rickshaw wala was listening yeah. to nuclear transcended barriers that is, literally that's what i mean by like breaking class like yeah. it doesn't matter who you are yeah i love you because you like you're all yeah like can listen to yeah. nuclear that The same thing happens with someone like Arijit Singh at a larger level. If you look at Bollywood, the same yeah. thing happens with uh, someone like a Shankar Mahadevan. If you look at it, you know. Yeah. So why not singer-songwriters out of India who are like everyone from an Ankur Tiwari to um, you know like all the girls that are putting out such amazing songs from Mali to Abhilasha to Hanita to 
Yeah. Um, all the girls, they're all they're all doing such amazing work, and I'm sure all of them will find an audience for themselves in yeah. this growing market, as we call it. Um, and it all takes one good big success for this yeah. market to evolve and to grow. Yeah. So hopefully, over, hopefully that will last. Couple of years, we've had uh, almost one person in every style of music. Like you said, electronic, bowl. You say singer songwriter. You say someone in between electronic and singer songwriter, which is Rituvez, and then. these girls also who are you know trailing that path and yeah and then reading. all the other guys all the other guys and all the sub genres of electronic music who nobody yeah. really talks about but actually are are big in their own way yeah. um and are gigging like and these are just 40, 40 like the mainstream acts that sort of you know re- are are easy for the audience to uh, accept after that there are there's a class of musicians like rock bands and in rock there are so many genres like you may know and even those those artists are like really good you know they they the production yeah, like quality, bands like song writing like bands like bands like the local train bands like uh, when chime at toast um they all thing, got when chime at toast parek and singh yeah yeah all yeah. of them have their own style and their own sound and That's, Um, yeah. you know, they're creating their own the world op- of fun. At least the option to the audience to pick what you want, you know, to you pick yeah. your vibe. There's there's all kinds of things available now in in terms of the music. And exactly. I think that's great because it it lets the audience choose their vibe, and not just you know back then when we just had a few bands. Ke ha, ye band acha hai, yehi hai India mein bas. So agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, everybody and now. increasingly more than ever before like there's going to be a lot more of this happening like yeah. especially right now with bollywood shut like pretty much when i say shut i mean shut like nobody's able to shoot movies nobody's recording doing anything uh till a movie releases the music won't get released even if music is created in its time so it's actually yeah. the best time for in- independent music True. um because all the platforms are willing to support it give it visibility yeah. because there isn't that much music coming out so yeah. that's that's where like if you're a if you're an independent, independent artist it's actually a great time to put on music yeah um, sure so yeah awesome man we had a great yeah. chat i mean we yeah. covered uh, almost have you left out anything from the journey uh not sort of really i don't think using so. the word journey I mean, I did, did a lot on the podcast but yeah there's a, there's a lot i mean there's so much we do in our lives like i think mm. from touring to bookings to management to mm. uh, you know film deals to scoring deals to yeah. everything and everything and anything in between um mm. that i think for me like management starts with the music mm. and the person that, the people that you work with mm. and as long as those two things stay at the center of your focus i think everything else will fall into place right um every everything starts and ends with that ultimately yeah. i mean you can build an amazing fan base you can do fan activities keeping mm-hmm. them happy and keeping them at the center of every artist own mm-hmm. like focus area is something that is definitely important but like for the most part i think um yeah that's 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 pretty much what it's about for me at least do you think that uh, you know we need to have more artist managers in the scene most definitely like, uh yeah as the more in, the merrier the more the more we have the more chats we can have and more banter <laughs> we can have and the more fun we can all have together that's yeah. when 
the community grows i strongly feel in any business the more players there are the better it is for the business cuz yeah. that's when it becomes fun for everyone to do what yeah. they do um i mean and gets more challenging yeah. um as we grow um i so think it's still a while away from there it, sorry sorry continue i'm saying i still think we're a while away from having that many managers in the scene but yeah. at least now there is an artist and there is a pool of artists to work with and yeah. those artists are definitely amazing artists in whatever way shape or form that they're doing what they're doing um we as an agency work in so many different spheres now that you know there's so many so many cross pollination that happen hey i have this movie coming along do you have an artist that can do the score for this particular song or an ad or a jingle or a film or uh, a singer says hey i'm making a music video is there an actor that can actually like would that i really like but i don't know that person can you guys help us find that find right. and join those dots right. all of that is happening now you know like right. very very yeah. cohesively as we grow so and it's very organic also like it just i don't know if you can serve my needs or no but i'm just going to reach out to you and be like hey i have these needs and see what you can yeah, do yeah i mean i i mean and more that more more than the more the more of us out there talking to people like sharing our viewpoints and being open to a conversation i think the better it is for the artists as well because sometimes they just need objectivity and perspective from an outside person who has no connection to who that person is True. and what their backstory is and what what their struggles are mm. um you know because all of that is part and parcel of being a musician it's not an easy place um it's not it's your you decided i mean this is something that drov says uh but artists decided to be artists because the day they decided to be artists they actually agreed to be judged for the rest of their life um on everything that they do and hmm. it used to be the music now it's less the music and more your social media personality yeah. and what you're up to and your uh, and things like that so um i mean it's hard it's not easy but yeah. at the same time that's the fun of it yeah. i mean like karan who works with us who's a illusionist has decided to decided to do like zoom gigs one on one zoom shows for people in the lockdown he did close to 2000 shows he played close to 500 shows in the first month and a half of the lockdown uh one on one with people What? around the globe um each day he was doing shows from 3 pm till 3 am every day wow um, where people would pay him i mean minimal money next to nothing for one trick two trick three tricks uh-huh. um he and uh, he actually like like went in i mean he did that and got picked up by the new york times to talk about the fact that he's actually doing this and new york times <laughs> guy was just hanging out on his private zoom calls without so making some kind of a record there. there um yeah so i mean like so many people are doing fun things people are shooting movies in the lockdown artists mm. are collaborating remotely so yeah. from a lockdown i mean now is when the real challenge will begin i think because we're 6 months into this today yeah. like for me i've been pretty much indoors for 6 months so how everybody proceeds and keeps their mental sanity together while not meeting too many people yeah. i think is the is the real challenge of life as we go along cuz right. seems like it's going to be a while before we're all going to be back out and dancing yeah, together and partying I, together i say at least 6 more months till you know we are all back on the dance floor or the arena something like that yeah yeah i mean i was i was comfortably there you know okay okay there is a vaccine in place if i go out something happens to me i can go get a shot that's at yeah, least exactly. at least 6 months away 
at least so that and there might uh, be a few smaller private events here and there which yeah those sort of those sort of things have started the i mean we've been doing a few zoom private parties for people mm-hmm. um so that's that's happening um i mean we started a thing with the guys at book my show called my digi gig which is pretty much that um private private curated zoom concerts for everything from a birthday party to a chautha um i mean um <laughs> but just helping people put the whole thing together more than anything else money money to do money will come and money will go but at least give people a system to actually book artists and yeah. find artists of all price ranges so um so yeah i mean everybody's trying to do different interesting things but hopefully we'll all see the see, get to actually physically meet each other in the new year this year is definitely not happening so let's see this, this year would be uh, a great new year celebration i think because everyone's looking forward to 2021 most yeah. people are writing off 2020 not even uh, um, you know willing to count their age by work yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened that happened yesterday we one of our friends is like I am not turned anything. It's the same. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, it's now doesn't count only. So yeah, it's cool, man. Nice chatting yeah, with you. Awesome. Yeah, and like, if you I have don't... anything else, keep hit me up for anything. We'll do know. for sure. Um, let's probably connect in a few months again. See what's up with uh, Pratik or Kamakshi, and maybe we can have one of them do a show. Yeah, for sure. Show and chat. Yeah, we will. Whenever it sounds good, and. Hopefully there is some kind of show that you can organize and I can attend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll figure it out. For sure, man. Thank you. Awesome, lovely.